I'm really, really excited to be able to share the uh, ANZ Opportunity Asia report. It's a survey of a thousand businesses in Australia and their activities and intentions in the Asia market. Uh, we've been doing this research for the last four years and I've combined this with case studies and industry research. I've read a hundred white papers to write this report and I'm really excited because I think it's a really useful um, and insightful piece of research that really can help Australian businesses succeed overseas. Let's go. Guy Thompson, Strategic Initiatives Manager for International Business Development with the ANZ to talk about discovering the next stage of growth in Asia, an amazing report he's been working on for quite a considerable amount of time now. Could you tell us more? Thanks, Phil. Yes, um, my role here with ANZ is to work with companies in um, what you would say the mid-market, small to medium enterprises, and to help build um, business capability uh, so they have more confidence to be able to expand and grow. Uh, and one of the initiatives that we've been working on is the uh, Opportunity Asia Report, which is a survey of uh, a thousand businesses in Australia around their uh, activities and intentions in the Asia market. Mm. And how did you go about this survey? How, been, how big has been the body of work? Uh, we partner with EY Sweeney to do the uh, the survey research, so that's conducted by phone and uh, and sort of online. And then once we have all the research data back, we look at the trends which have been over the last four years we've been doing this research. And then I sort of go out and I look for additional industry information and industry trends to back up what people are saying in the report and um, the survey, because we've got sort of a group of a thousand people responding, and I want to make sure that uh, the trends and things that we're identifying in that uh, matches up with the statistics that you're seeing through large trade flows and other stuff that's happening, whether it be logistics and e-commerce or um, sort of middle-class expansion, China, ASEAN. There's a lot of big trends, and I just wanted to make sure that what people are um, responding to is sort of what's matching in the industry as well. And I believe you've been validating this information yourself by organising trade delegations and going into the ASEAN region. Could you tell us more? That's correct. So each year our team um, runs trade delegations up to Asia and we work with uh, ANZ customers and uh, and also businesses who aren't even ANZ customers at all. And we take them up to uh, Asia and we go around different cities to try and understand what's happening on the ground. We meet local experts and we get the, um, the sort of the best ideas about what's happening in the market and get a real feel for what's happening in those cities. So as an example, uh, last year in October we went to uh, Shanghai and Singapore and we launched the report in Singapore. And uh, we, our focus for that delegation was around food and beverage and fast-moving consumer goods. And those products especially have been very, very popular in Asia for a long time. Uh, they're synonymous with the clean, green and healthy image of Australia and New Zealand. And our mission is really to go up there and to meet those local experts, see what it feels like on the ground and make sure that the trends that we're identifying are matching up with what's actually happening in the cities. And one of the interesting things we find about that is often you get very successful companies who are exporting a product from Australia uh, and sometimes Sometimes the senior management from those companies hasn't had enough time to go up to China or Singapore in the last few years. So it's great to go up with them on the ground and see their reaction and see how it can improve their strategy and really um, they can sort of work with each other and work with other companies to move forward. And we were discussing various hubs and it talks about the variation in hubs of basically an Asian landing area. Uh, anecdotally, we were having a chat about Singapore. Could you share some of the insights you have around Singapore as a trading hub? Absolutely. Um, one of the key trends that I was wanting to identify uh, in this report was um, China dominates trade statistics for a number of different reasons. And uh, the population of 1.4 billion people is obviously um, something you can't deny. But the population of the ASEAN bloc, the um, Association of Southeast Asian Nations, um, as a group, there's 10 different countries in that group, um, and that population's around 650 million. So you've actually got a really, really large population. This is countries like um, Malaysia, Philippines, uh, 
like Cambodia, Laos, Thailand, Indonesia, and they all have really, really large populations. And Indonesia, for example, is you know 260 million people, and it's just across from Australia. So um, all of those countries are experiencing really good growth um, and middle-class consumers, and all the kinds of products that we're selling uh, out of Australia and New Zealand are really popular in those countries. And one of the advantages to going in through a hub like Singapore is that Singapore has been responsible for trading with all of those countries for the last 70 years. So you have a real advantage to be able to go up to Singapore and use that as your entry point. And we've worked with several other businesses who are trying to sort of negotiate individually with Thailand and Malaysia and the Philippines and to actually work with experts in Singapore who are responsible for some really large multinational companies who run their whole Asia base out of Singapore is a real advantage for us. And we've got a really great team in Singapore. Um, it's really fantastic to be able to work with them and then help countries, uh, sorry, help companies here uh, connect with the whole market and sort of use one point of access. So that's been really useful for us. There's so much data in the report. I highly recommend you have a look at it, obviously, and you'll find the... 72 pages, so it, it took a while. <laughs> and you'll find the link in the bottom of this video description. One of the key things for me in there, right up the front, it said that there's something required, like 987,000 staff are required in the next three years to support Australia's Asia expansion. Could you talk to that? So the interesting thing that we found is by surveying companies through small, medium, large, we were able to find whether or not they had hired staff pre Previously in the last three years to support their Asia expansion and whether or not they're intending to hire staff going forwards. Once we had those numbers, we asked EY Sweeney to extrapolate that against the um, Australian Bureau of Statistics um, figures around uh, employment and trade statistics and employment growth. And we found that the, the need for the amount of com companies that are trading internationally and focusing on, on Asia is really big. So it doesn't matter if you're a services business, if you're in logistics, if, if you're in manufacturing, um, the demand for um, products and services in Asia means that more staff are required in Australia. So uh, the number that we came out with is uh, came out with based on those um, the, that extrapolation is uh, 927,000 over the next three years, um, and many of those will be full-time staff. They might be part-time. They might be contractors and uh, consultants. But either way. Um, this opportunity for Australia and New Zealand to take advantage of trade in Asia in the next few years is a, is a wonderful opportunity, and but it's not a, a magic thing that just happens. People need to make it happen, so companies will need to scale up and, and, and improve the amount of staff they have to be able to take advantage of the opportunity. Hmm. And stay tuned because there'll be another segment to this uh, interview, and as we talk about essentially what is a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity from a geopolitical standpoint, could you give us a bit more on that? Absolutely. Um, I have a, I'm sort of a bit of a cheerleader for, for trade in Asia and I really believe that we have a once in a generation opportunity to take advantage of the demand for products from Australia and New Zealand and Asia. Um, the destabilisation that we're seeing in USA, the UK and the EU um, politically, economically, from trade means that there's a vacuum. There's an opportunity here that Australia and New Zealand can supply everything that Asia needs. Any kind of product that we can produce, um, we can sell there. Um, the focus needs to be on premium goods. We can't just, we're not a bulk producer of anything, perhaps except iron ore. Um, so for any kind of product, we need to focus on premium, high quality, safe, healthy, and that's where the demand is. Um, growing families all across Asia, that's the key things that they're looking for. And the opportunity for us to be able to um, supply those products now and get ahead of the UK, the US and the EU, who've actually always been quite good at producing those kind of products at scale, um, we've got a really, really good opportunity to do that now because 
the economic and political landscape in the West might look very different in five or six years' time. It might be a lot more balanced and we'll realise that we actually missed the opportunity to get in there and those, those countries with much bigger resources and much bigger workforce populations than we have have actually beaten us to it. So this, this moment we have in the next few years is absolutely crucial for Australia and New Zealand to cement that relationship that we have uh, with Asia. And even if you just want to talk about um, China specifically, uh, New Zealand has had a um, free trade agreement with China since 2008 and Australia has been in place since 2015. And that covers hundreds and hundreds of different products and categories. And so any, any company in Australia or New Zealand who's producing those products needs to make that a priority to get those products to Asia and to China especially. Right. Stay tuned. See ya.